my business model, it obviously has the three pillars, so corporate, luxury and wellness. So corporate and luxury I've been doing for a long time, but wellness is my true passion. It it really is. I've been a yoga teacher for over 12 years. I've studied lots of different modalities of wellness and I'm currently studying integrated nutrition and wellness coaching. And I really wanted to steer my business in the direction of wellness more and more and filter wellness through to the luxury and corporate pillars. So I guess this concept of a soulful long lunch has been in me for a very long time. And uh, I've had some beautiful people in my tribe who we've bounced these ideas off each other and For me, like I said before, coming together in real life and being inspired and being around like-minded people is really the experiences that I want to create. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self-Love Podcast. What a delight to bring to you an extraordinary soul, the beautiful Emily Mills. This amazing woman has had a variety of life experiences, and she now has her beautiful business called Evoke Experiences. Now, this company embodies her passions, her interests, and her strengths. She's known for her meticulous planning abilities and has demonstrated her skills in project management and business development. Her expertise spans across diverse industries such as television advertising, corporate sponsorship, sports marketing, and the management of major lifestyle events and festivals, including the world's largest triathlon, the Noosa Tri. In addition to her corporate endeavors, this incredible soul has also ventured into the realm of sailing, working as a private chef on super yachts for high-end international clients in various parts of the world. Wait till you hear her share some of those stories. She has also managed operations and continued her culinary passion as a private chef in luxury ski chalets in the French Alps. Sounds so romantic. Emily's interests extend beyond business and culinary pursuits. She's a trained yoga instructor and is presently engaged in studying integrative nutrition and health coaching. Her diverse range of passions offers insight into the birth of Evoke. Now, when she draws upon her unique skills, she invests herself in her business to develop, deliver a polished, captivating and unforgettable experience for all her clients. Her creativity, ability to think outside the box and a talent for curating event visions are noteworthy. However, what truly sets this amazing woman apart is her operational expertise, enabling her to transform visions into reality. I am so excited to share her with you this week and also because she is launching her brand new Soulful Long Lunch series that I happen to be a guest speaker of for the first one up here in Noosa on the Sunshine Coast on the 3rd of November. I cannot recommend that you click on that and get up here for that beautiful event. If you happen to be on the coast on the 3rd of November, please go on to her website, evokeexperiences.com.au and go under events for the Soulful Long Lunch Series. 
you will not be disappointed, especially when you see where it is and what her intention for this whole beautiful event is. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts and feelings on this week's show. And if you have anything to say, please give us a five-star rating. It helps me to get these messages and amazing people out there. But you can head on over to my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28. You can go to Facebook, Kim Morrison Training, or you can head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this incredible series of amazing people I absolutely adore to interview. It's a privilege to bring them here to you. Take care. Be kind. Well, as you know, every week I get the absolute delight and pleasure to speak to some incredible beings, and this week is no exception. I have the beautiful Emily Mills joining us, and it is with absolute pleasure I invite you to the Self Love Podcast, beautiful girl. Thank you. It's so beautiful to be here. I'm um, really excited that you invited me along. Um, Yeah, I love listening to your podcast, so it's such an honor to be here. Oh, sweetheart, it's such a treat to share you. I know that you and I have some beautiful work that we do together. We've also been linked through quite sad circumstances. We both have a love of yoga, but there's so many beautiful little pathways that have crossed for us, even here on the Sunshine Coast. But before we get to all of that, my love, for the person who doesn't know who Emily Mills is, could you take us on a little journey as to where it all began and what led you down the path to doing what you do today? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess I've been reflecting a lot lately of where I'm at um, and what I'm doing um, in business and personal life. And I guess going all the way back to childhood, <laughs> um, I'm not going to step you through every year, but I, as a kid, I was extremely active. Um, I was creating experiences and events as a kid. Um, I think I drove my mum and my family, particularly my four older brothers, absolutely insane. But I was always creating uh, theatre restaurants, uh, fashion parades by the pool, um, lots of dances, lots of plays, um, and I was always doing this. I grew up doing ballet um, and and drama, and I used to love um, not only the stage but behind the scenes and and seeing magic happen and and these productions coming to life. Um, so I think I was quite bedazzled by all of that as as a kid as I grew up. Um, at uni, I really wanted to do journalism. Um, I didn't get in, probably, thank God, I think, looking back. Um, but I did media studies and then I went into public relations. So really wanting to, again, I feel like it's just all linked, isn't it, when when you follow, when you go back and follow your path. Um, so I worked in uh, advertising and media in Sydney, the big corporate life um, from when I was 21. Uh, and, you know, the corporate life in Sydney, was what it was, um, but I definitely had um, a seed for adventure within me. I wanted to go and travel. So I had this seed for adventure and I hopped on a plane and flew to Mallorca in Spain, not knowing where it was in the world or even that it was an island. I just landed and ended up working on super yachts. I sailed across the Atlantic Ocean um, as a crew member went to the Caribbean and it was there that I spent then 
uh, nearly five years working um, as a stewardess and then I fell into um, being a chef for incredibly wealthy families all around the world um, working on super yachts. Um, I had some, yeah, incredible experiences travelling, working. I sailed um, a yacht from um, uh, from Spain to Sydney through the Panama Canal and Galapagos Islands um, and, yeah, and also managed and chefed in a luxury private, chef, uh, private chalet in the French Alps. And it was there that, I mean, I still... After nearly five years, I just really wanted to come home. I wanted, you know, my own kitchen because I loved cooking. I wanted, um, at, you know, at, at the core of it, I was a real home person. Um, so it was then that I came back uh, to Brisbane at the time and uh, then reached out for jobs and event management called out to me because uh I guess of my time on the yachts, my time working in advertising and marketing in the corporate world, I felt like it was something that really pulled together all the skills that I had accrued over the years. So I was in my late 20s then and and fell uh, into or got the opportunity to um, work for a big events management company in Noosa. Um, I actually had the opportunity to work in Sydney or Noosa and Noosa definitely spoke to me. It was a place that I had holidayed as a kid and, yeah, had always wanted to live. Um, so from there I uh, ran, uh, worked for an event management company for about five years and ended up event directing the likes of the Noosa Triathlon, um, Malulaba Triathlon, um, other multi-sport events all around Australia. So that was incredibly demanding but I learnt um, a lot through through that um, and I felt like it aligned with that season of my life um, being very active and uh, being very into training myself um, from there I had to have a baby to get out of that industry <laughs> industry or that that chapter um, so I had my son um, from there and I, I vowed that I'd never get back into event management because of the demands and stress of it However, I'm a sucker for punishment, I think, um, and I then created my own event management company. Um, uh, back then it was called Beyond Experiences and um, for me it was, again, intertwining all my skills and passions to that point in my life. Um, it was more of a boutique event management company, no mass participation events um, for me any longer. Um, and from there, uh, it's been a journey that I'm still on. Um, the company is now called Evoke Experiences. We've been through a little bit of a transition. Um, and what I'm doing now is curating, um, uh, designing and planning uh, corporate events and luxury events and wellness events for private groups. So that's where I am today. And, um, yeah, I think that's where our, our paths have crossed a number of times. And, um, yeah, I'm loving what I'm doing. Oh, it's such a beautiful story and I just love hearing people, where they come from, what drives them into certain areas. Do you mind me just asking from the perspective, I mean, many of us, there's shows even on Netflix and television about super yacht experiences and crew and all of that. Is it as exciting or is it just really not that glamorous and it looks way better than it is? Is it as good as they say or are we getting the raw end of the deal? Uh, <laughs> It's funny, so many people have told me about that, um, that 
television show and I, I don't really watch television, but um, I think I switched it on once and I couldn't watch it. Um, it was very American. Uh, I think it's very much like event management in that it looks very glamour- glamorous. It certainly has its glamorous parts, but it is incredibly hard work, um, really long hours um, and, you know, we were living in, tiny cabins in the boat in bunk beds I lived in a bunk bed for nearly four years of my life um and all you know traveling all around the world and yeah with no say in where you're going um we were going some pretty incredible places but yeah I mean I'm very grateful I had that chapter in my life it taught me a great deal um and I got to see so much of the world and meet some really special people as well along the way so and it definitely has led, that experience has led to what I do now, um, delivering really high-end bespoke experiences for people. Yeah, I would imagine that that sort of thing would really get you seeing every single little detail. And I imagine also that experience, particularly being on a yacht, of giving people that real experience. And I just would love to know from your perspective then, what actually is a good experience? What is the things that you're looking for to create experiences that allow people to walk off or out of that room or whatever going, wow, what is it? Mm. Oh, I just, I don't know, I just love curating experiences and bringing all those elements together. So for me, I'm constantly um yeah, looking for amazing venues that are super unique. People are really looking for that um, something out of the ordinary, something that's very memorable. Um, so for me, it's a very inspirational setting. Um, it could be something really simple, but um, for instance, you know, some corporate groups that I host, they just love being on Noosa Beach. You know, that's a world-class um, location. Um, so it's always the venue that um, that's something special then bringing in you know styling and so forth to make it you know to up level it even more um, food and beverages is obviously a, a huge part of um, the experience and for me the food tells a story and I always work with chefs that can really tell the story behind the food um, obviously using very local fresh produce and Um, I just love it when a chef comes out and um, presents the menu and talks about the food. Um, For me, that's just uh, incredibly special to not just sit down to a meal and know, okay, this is a beef and vegetables and blah, 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 but knowing like where is this from and and how was it produced and who who produced it. Um, For instance, I've brought in farmers and producers into experiences so people can meet the maker as such. Um, And obviously that just that connection and time where people can just sit back and relax and actually enjoy the experience rather than having to stress about it or think about things that they can actually sit back and relax and really take everything in. For me it's about, I guess, where the word evoke came from was really to evoke the senses. So I try to bring in all the senses through an experience. I think that is super important. 
That's mm, so true. And something that we underestimate, most of us turn up to an event and go, great, this is amazing. But those of us that have been in event management or have put on events, I don't know about you, Emily, but I always walk in and I notice every little <laughs> detail right down to the time that was taken to handwrite the signs of what the food is or right down to the particular things sitting on my plate holding my napkin. Like I just notice everything. And I think just like I say to my children, I think every single person should work in hospitality. I reckon every single person should be on the other end of an event management situation. And it just comes down to even things like organizing your two-year-old's birthday party or having a beautiful experience on an anniversary. Like, I don't think we celebrate enough as humans. And therefore, people like you just absolutely tickle my fancy because life ultimately is so short and to have these memorable experiences and moments created uh, do you think we celebrate enough or is that also what drives you to remind people of the importance of celebration and connection yeah for me it's definitely that that in-person connection and um I just think we're lacking that as we move more and more to digital um you know, we're lacking that coming together. Um, I think recently, you know, I, I've gone through a journey with event management and there has been stages where I've thought it's quite shallow, you know, I'm putting on these big events for, for corporate groups and, um, you know, they want their food, they want their booze and so forth. However, I have really come to realise that I'm bringing people together and um, giving them time to uh, time out and time to relax and and connect and connect with their teams. Sometimes it's connecting with their families or connecting with their tribe. Um, and that is just so important. So that is why I love to do what I do. Um, and I think as, you know, yeah, as time goes on, we're, we're moving away from those celebrations more um, where I think and we just need to do it. We just need to come together more, I think. And if we've got an excuse to do it through an event, then, then that's the best. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And what better excuse than to actually create excuses like, I don't know, World International Chocolate Day. Let's do an event. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mind goes a bit crazy. I'm a manifester in human design and um, oh, yes. I, people have to pull me back, particularly my husband. <laughs> but, yeah. but those people that have worked with me, they know what, they know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. But, um, but do you think also from, again, from looking at it as an event coordinator, there must be an element of incredible joy when you actually see it come together and pay off. And what is the greatest thing that you get from witnessing when you've created an event, you've got it all together, and then the magic unfolds as everyone gets there? What are some of the things or the highlights for you as you watch an event come together? Yeah, I think that is probably... You know, I love the planning stage. I love working with all my suppliers. I'm the real people person and I love that connection, even the behind-the-scenes connection um, in the lead-up. And it can be um, fairly full-on in the planning stage um, and in the lead-up. But when you can, I always say to people, if you've planned properly and planned seamlessly, then the actual event delivery is really enjoyable. Um, obviously, there's fires to put out and, um, you know, a bit of troubleshooting, but 
to see sometimes I work with a client for 12 months or more and to see it all roll out and everything you've planned with them um you know it could be a really personal event not a not a corporate event um and just to see what joy it brings people and to see people really stop and relax um and simply just enjoy themselves I think and just be wowed like and be spoiled I love through the events either inspiring people to do something new or um they just get yeah uh, spoiled and they're not used to that um or you know they're completely surprised by everything that um that we've put on for them even if they have been part of the planning process so I do think just seeing it all come to life is pretty special. Um, yeah, and those are the highlights really is just seeing the joy that that an event can bring and um, that connection that it can bring for groups as well. Um, yeah, it's pretty irreplaceable and, and priceless. I can imagine. It, when you think about the, the Super Yacht days, and I just want to compare it to what you do today, is there still a budget when you're on a super yacht? And how does that compare when you've got someone saying to you they want the champagne event, but they've only got the beer budget? Like how do you help manage the finances in behind what someone really wants to create? Yeah. So on on super yachts, there really wasn't a budget, to be honest, um, which was pretty crazy. Uh, you know, I used to go shopping at all the local like markets in France, um, in Italy and in the Caribbean. And, you know, I just got what I had to get for the crew and all the guests. And, you know, you're generally in such a rush to do it all to provision, um, you know, you'd actually just get what you can fit in all your fridges um, and which would, sto- would be stowed under the floor of my galley and so forth. So, um no great budgets on super yachts, as you can probably imagine. Uh, these days, though, I do work with clients um, with their budget, and yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, I guess there's a whole spectrum of events that you can, you know, that I can create for people, and you know, sometimes we just keep it really simple and a little bit more raw. So some groups' uh, priorities are really different. Um, so for one group. Uh, food is the absolute priority and that's when we spend more of the budget on perhaps a personal chef or a bespoke menu. Um, they might want a very wellness-focused menu and that's where um, we our budget and focus goes. For other people, it could be the location or the activity that they want to do. So we just um, spread that budget around. Some groups have a bigger budget and they want all the best things. <laughs> so... We have a lot of fun with that. So I guess just working like anything, really, we work with the budget and we um, prioritise what is important for that for that group and, and bring that to life for them. Unless you're on a super yacht and then just anything yes. goes. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just love it. I love it. It's oh. just the, the real extremes, isn't it? It's oh, it like was the from- real extreme. It's <laughs> just it was another world. And to be honest, my mum was a volunteer abroad at the time as a nurse and she worked in the Micronesian islands while I worked on super yachts. And I tell you what, we had, you know, that's when Skype I think first came in and we had conversations and I would be sitting on a super yacht and she was on this remote island nursing and you couldn't get two more extremes. It was, yeah. yeah. 
quite funny. I bet, I bet. One thing you said at the beginning, beautiful M, was around different seasons of life. And, mm-hmm. you know, the super yacht period of your life was a certain season. Mm-hmm. Now, as a mum, a businesswoman, and now at the age you are doing what you're doing, how do you describe to somebody who's maybe feeling in a little bit of a crossroads or even a funk? Is it that you feel that they're crossing into a different season and to just go with it, lean into it? How would you describe moving into those different seasons of life? Oh, I think we all have so many different seasons. Um, and we've all got different personalities too, which will allow for those seasons to come in. Like people, some people, like stability and they like doing the same thing and that's compl- and that's where they're happy um and feel and fulfilled whereas someone like myself <laughs> I've had many different careers and um I feel like if you're at a crossroads to I my my thought would be definitely to lean into it and and explore and and take the pressure away, Um, you know, don't feel like you have to go into things straight away. I feel like, you know, slow transitions can work really well into something new, um, which I've certainly done over the years and I've I've leaned into things where I thought were the absolute that that was going to be my new path and then they they didn't work out and I've, you know, had to lean back into events and, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, my path has not been straight at all and I feel like taking little um, detours on different roads and, and discovering new things sort of it's just part it's part of um, part of life and, and part of the journey and it makes you who you are and nothing is wrong it's just you can take from an experience what what you want from it and, and bring that to what you do now or what's what's in the future for you um yeah so I think lean in yeah <laughs> but, I love but, that. but that's for some people that's that's too much so <laughs> I feel like um you just need to yeah follow your heart Yeah, I love that. Well, speaking of following our heart, Mm -hmm. you have a beautiful event coming up here on the Sunshine Coast. I just would love to jump in at this point, seeing as how you're talking about creating bespoke experiences, beautiful soul connections. Could you tell us a little bit about this incredible event that you've set up here on the Sunshine Coast? And maybe if there's a local listening or maybe someone who's traveling to the coast around that time, it could certainly spark an interest to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, with with my business model, it obviously has the three pillars, so corporate, luxury and wellness. So corporate and luxury I've been doing for a long time, but wellness is my true passion. It, it really is. I've been a yoga teacher for over 12 years. I've studied lots of different modalities of wellness and I'm currently studying integrated nutrition and wellness coaching. And I really wanted to steer my business in the direction of wellness more and more and filter wellness through to the luxury and corporate pillars. So I guess this concept of a soulful long lunch has been in me for a very long time. And uh, I've had some beautiful people in my tribe who we've bounced these ideas off each other and for me, like I said before, coming together in real life and being inspired and being around like-minded people is 
really the experiences that I want to create. I just uh, the lunch component of it is, I guess, what I do in my everyday work. Um, you know, I want that to be available to people to come together and, and have a long lunch. It's probably one of my favorite pastimes, to be honest, is just to have a beautiful long lunch um, with tribe. Um, and for me, dining out and and eating, I, I like to do mindfully. So. I like to be able to go out and have a healthy meal but still enjoy myself, still have a glass of bubbly um, and also to be inspired. So that's where the concept of the soulful long lunch um, came about. So we have our first, so it is a series. uh, So we're going to aim to do the lunches every two to three months um, of the year and we're starting on the Sunshine Coast. And the first one is our self-care soiree, which is um, Friday the 3rd of November. And each lunch will be a different different dining experience. So it could be restaurants, it could be a warehouse, it could be a farm. Um, and at each lunch, um, you'll be inspired by an amazing wellness expert, um, for instance, Kim Morrison, <laughs> at our first uh, lunch on the 3rd of November. Um, and each lunch will also have a mindful moment um, guided by a practitioner. Um, and, for instance, we have uh, the beautiful Kat Harding, who's a, a local and international yoga teacher, and she'll be uh, guiding our mindful moment um, for the first lunch. So, yeah, it's really a blend of, um, of lazy long lunching but with a, mind, uh, with a yeah, mindful and bespoke wellness-focused menu. So I'm working really closely with the chefs, um, some inspiration uh, from wellness experts, so in the form of keynote speaker or panels um, we'll have in future lunches and a mindful moment. Um, yeah, and there's beautiful gifting and prizes and it's really about just coming together and um, giving yourself that time in your schedule to relax and connect and be inspired. Uh, I just think it's such a beautiful idea and I had to get you on the show to talk about this because I think the concept is incredible. And what I love is that you can take this anywhere And there are such a variety of beautiful experts and mindful moment experts that will create the absolute incredible experience that you're creating for them. Mm -hmm. It will happen effortlessly, I can tell. And I'm also really excited at the fact that you are bringing not only mindful eating and actually becoming fully present to these moments because often we can take them for granted. What I love about this is just really allowing us to land because we're so busy in life. Life does get quite extreme for many people and to have that time out, I just think you're doing it with a very beautiful touch points that will have everyone leave there feeling not only inspired but as you want, relaxed, and and feeling, I don't know, like their tank has been refueled. Is that what you're looking for is that everyone walks out of there going, I really needed that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like a reset. You know, we all need to press that reset button from time to time. And, yes, we can do that in a yoga class and and we can do that by going to a breath workshop, um, you know, which I love. But I just wanted something that was, just a little bit more, I wouldn't say polished, but just where we can sit and be with one another and spark up conversations um, 
And it was sort of like a real life podcast as well. Like, you know, I love, obviously love podcasts and they're on in my car all day long as I drive around after the kids. But then to bring that to um, fruition in reality for me is, again, bringing people together um, in person is really important to me. Um, you know, when COVID hit and all these digital events came out and online events, I just wasn't inspired. I just, I couldn't pivot to that. Um, I wanted to see people in real life. So um, definitely just to carve out that time, that excuse to come along and um, yeah, be together. Mm. And if someone was listening to this right now, beautiful girl, how could they, which website would they go to, to look for more information or even to buy themselves a ticket? What, where would they go? Yeah. So if you go to um, evoke experiences.com.au, so that's E-V-O-K-E experiences. So yes, there's two E's in the middle, .com.au and jump on under events. The Soulful Long Lunch series is there. Um, yeah, and you can book away. Even the the gift bag from our partners is worth over two hundred and fifty dollars, um, and I think tickets are, are two hundred. So it's definitely um, worth coming along. And yeah, the like I said, the menu has been curated just for us. I've um, worked really closely with the chefs, um, and all dietary requirements are catered for. A full vegan menu. Um, and then the, the actual menu is all grain-free and um, and just beautiful. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Oh, I just love the attention to detail <laughs> you place on this. It is exciting and I feel very humbled uh, to share with this beautiful self-love podcast listener just how excited I am to be involved in your first one. And I just want to thank you wholeheartedly. Um, Kat is an exquisite soul as well. I'm so excited to have the three of us together. So thank you for the work that you do. Uh, you know, you and I have also connected over, we had quite a tough year um, when we lost our beautiful Lauren Verona, who is a yoga inspiration and sensation. She is a mom. She is just such a thought-provoking leader. Uh, would you mind sharing with us your experiences with that beautiful soul and how maybe in her passing has created an even more deeper, meaningful connection to why these events are so important to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I met Lauren um, quite a few years ago, mainly through business. Um, we were both members of like business networking events and so forth. And, you know, we always connected because we were quite like-minded, um, both yoga teachers. At that time I wasn't teaching for Zenko. And, um, yeah, we just got to know each other. We salsa danced at networking events um, and so forth. She was just always so fun and brave and um, made me do things outside of my comfort zone, I think. Um, and she actually interviewed me many years ago when she had um, a, like a live yoga online studio and we got to know each other even more and she's just always, you know, throwing ideas out there and I think she's very likely a manifester as well. So it was quite dangerous when we both got into a room together and um, she was always, yeah, what about this, Emily? What about that? And oh, just, you know, so much energy and just um, 
yeah, like she was a ray of sunshine as, as so many people do refer to her. And um, I remember I, I travelled around Australia with my family a few years back now and ran my business remotely and she, she said, Emily, why don't we follow you around Australia and we can do a Where's Emily um, live yoga? <laughs> and she just, I don't know, she was just um, so fun and I just had such a great experience with her. And when I came back travelling around Australia, COVID had hit and my business took a, a huge dive being in events and I thought, well, I'll, you know, really wholeheartedly dive into my yoga teaching and, of course, she was just there and gave me the opportunity. You know, she said, I don't have any permanent um, teaching spots, uh, but come in and, and teach, do a trial, and I'll, I'll, I'll watch your class. And then, then at the end of the class, she said, oh, do you want to teach this Sunday? And, yeah, just made things happen. You know, that was what Lauren was. She, she had a thought and made it happen, which was really, really inspiring for me. Um, and then I, yeah, continued to teach with Lauren and at Zenko um, for a number of years. I uh, sort of what weaved in and out of, of the Zenko life because I had my business as well. Um, and then when she sadly passed, it was, yeah, an absolute bomb that hit us all. Um, you know, it was very unexpected, obviously. And uh, I guess that's when I met you Kim and, you know, to come together with you and Kat and create her beautiful public memorial was an absolute honour. And um, I do feel like since since her passing, um, oh, gosh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> Me too. Um yeah, like I just had this different fire within me, particularly within the wellness space, to curate more, to share more. Um, and I felt her pushing me to do that. Um, and, yeah, so I, you know, I rebranded my company soon after she passed away to bring the wellness aspect into it and launched a whole um, range of retreats and, I feel, again, this soulful long lunch is part of that fire within me that, you know, is from her energy and, um, you know, and there's always that silver lining and she was very much about bringing people together and, gosh, she brought, sadly, through her passing, she brought such a community together, um, including um, yourself, me and, and Kat, and I feel like this lunch really resembles um yeah all of that I, I cannot help but feel the same which is <laughs> why it touches me so much that the three of us will be presenting this there will be an element of real deep resonance to her energy and her spirit mm-hmm. she was someone who and I've interviewed her on this podcast people can go back and listen to her incredible interview um, she just had this bubbly energy and this mop of golden curly hair that just you fell into her spell. And she just had this incredible energy, which I'm proud to say has continued through her business of Zenko with her amazing husband, Ryan, her three incredible daughters. And I can imagine that she, like a huge rock star in many ways, will live on for many, many, many decades to come because she was that special, wasn't she? Mm, absolutely. And, 
just um, was just very brave and and didn't care necessarily what people thought. She was just out there spreading her message and um, and an incredible one it was and just wanting to spread more yoga um, and not just on the mat but off the mat as well. Um, yeah, so she, she will live on in a big way. And, um, yeah, Ryan has also offered um, for our lovely gift bags at the lunch. Um, everyone will get a free month of yoga to use whenever they want at one of the Zenko studios like the Noosa or Maruchido, which is in, which is just amazing. So I feel like she is there with us. Um, she will be there with us at the at the lunch. She was a very big supporter of my business, 28 Essentials. She always had the cards and the beautiful oils and she always got people using one of those senses, our sense of smell, to connect in with uh, the practice of yoga. She also had an incredible ability to just make people feel very welcome and very connected. And no one, I don't think you ever felt like you were a stranger in her energy. She seemed to love to bring all types of people together. When you think about her and now in the memory of her, is that something that's really important to you as well? Because I've noticed you've said the word connection quite a few times. Is that from her or has that just made you realize just the importance of that even more? Yeah, I think connection has always been um, very important to me. Uh, like I said, I've always been a people person and working in PR and funny enough, Lauren came from a PR background as well. And um, But I think meeting people like Lauren and seeing that in fruition and just at a different level of energy, I think it absolutely inspired me to just take some leaps, just to take some risks and take some leaps and create more. Um, so, yeah, she's definitely inspired me to do that. Just funny, whenever you'd say, I'm not sure if I should do that, yeah. the answer to me was always, why not? <laughs> why not? Just do it. Why not? Yeah, why not? And I just love that about her. And we also have a hashtag that Ryan was very big on is what would Lauren say? What would Lauren think? What would Lauren do? And more often than not, it was just jump in, lean in, do it. Just get on with it. Don't pause. And I think she just really is such a beautiful reminder of what it means to be a human and to have that connection. Her other big thing she taught and you do as well, which is the one-hour yoga on the mat is not for the just the one-hour yoga on the mat. You mentioned it briefly. It's for the other 23 hours off the mat. Could you explain that concept a little bit more so that we, that those of us that do do, say, breathwork, meditation, walking, running, gym, yoga, whatever it is, it's not just about that one hour or half an hour, is it? No, absolutely not. I think I, I got into yoga, I don't know, when I was about 20, um, very much for the physical um, workout of it. Um, I used to train a lot in triathlons and it was like my counterbalance to that. Um, so it was very physical. I did my teacher training and went down the rabbit hole of all the beautiful things that yoga can do and physical is only one very small amount of it. I guess the tip of the iceberg and then underneath is this huge array of offerings that um, yoga has. And for me, you know, coming into the studio or doing yoga on the mat at home, that has all its elements of 
the asanas, the, the postures, the pranayama of the breath and the mindfulness, but to take, to then step off the mat and then take that into your daily life is what it's, it's all about. I mean, that one hour is assisting and setting yourself up to be able to use those tools in your daily life um, and also to share with others and have that ripple effect. Um, I remember in my teacher training, like even with the mindfulness, um, you know, you stay very present when you are doing your yoga flow and using your breath as your anchor. Then to take that off your mat and, for instance, when you're washing up or hanging the clothes out or doing something that we think is very mindless, um, bringing a sense of mindfulness to that and actually what beauty you can find in those moments um, that you might do daily over and over and over. So there's so many, yeah, I guess, tools that you can take off the mat and, in, and into that daily life. Um, and it's, I mean, we could have a, a full day <laughs> chat about it all. Um, yeah, but I hope yeah. that hopefully that explains. explains I think it. so. Probably I not think... as eloquent as Lauren I think it was just as beautiful. She'd be proud of us. Um, you should also be giggling with us right now. Um, she, um, you're dead right. And the one thing I took from her, and probably yoga taught me myself, a bit like yourself, I was very much using yoga as a stretch, a extension of any of my running training and things like that. And it really took a one of my yoga teachers to actually make me do nothing and Lauren did the same to me she made me do what she called just a gentle yoga class which even the word gentle freaked me out because then I thought it was a waste of time Um, but she got me sitting on a bolster or lying on a bolster should I say like I think it was like for 45 minutes and I kept and I fought it I fought it and fought it until finally she just placed her hand on my back and she said just let go and I must admit I melted and I think I even fell asleep but she was very big on the gentle side of yoga is just as important as the the pose and the mm. and the holding of that is that something you teach as well that there is the the yin and the yang the opposing forces yeah, definitely. Um, and it's funny because Lauren and I always used to laugh that um, I only ever really taught power yoga, as did she. <laughs> she was like, oh, no, I don't teach gentle. Um, but through Zenko and because of Lauren's belief in me, you know, I taught um, numerous restorative and yin yoga and gentle yoga and I actually just found this absolute love of it. Um, and like when you come to the different seasons of your life, um, I've had that with yoga, you know, like, and you probably have too, Kim, where, yes, it was so physical and it was that stretch and it was that um, powerfulness and um, fitness, I guess. When I had kids, you know, I had, um, I think Kat could relate to this, Kat Harding, you know, kids climbing all over you, um, you know, a kid underneath you and then you'd sit and meditate and they're sitting in your lap like patting your face and, you know, and now, you know, my kids do yoga with me and it's but it's gentle and fun and playful. So it's it's just using using yoga in that season of your life for how it suits you and even your different practices. Um, you know, like I'll always say in a flow, if you want to sit in child's pose for this entire um, 
class that you're still doing yoga or sitting there um, with your eyes closed or lying on your mat, um, you're still doing yoga. I so, love that so much because I really used to think I had to do my power yoga, hold every pose, push myself. Yeah. And that when she gave everyone permission and it was almost like, I couldn't do that. And event- yeah. and she turned me. She turned me. Yes. She got me into doing more yin and gentle yoga. Yeah. And I actually realized, in all honesty, Em, that it was probably more important for me that yoga mm-hmm. than the, the strong power yoga because everything else in my life was full of power and yang energy and pushing. And I just think the important thing that we could reiterate here is the importance of the balance, the yin and the yang. When you think about what you're doing in your business as a mum, as a businesswoman, um, putting on these beautiful soulful lunches, teaching yoga, how do you keep the balance for Emily? How what do you do to ensure you've got both sides taken care of? Yeah, it's it, the juggle is real. I say that to girlfriends all throughout the week, um, and and I think first of all is taking the pressure off yourself. Um, and knowing that to have full balance and being good at everything all at once just might not happen. And that took me a long time to um, take that pressure off myself once I did become a mum. And I think that, you know, I move my focus around. There's weeks where my business is my focus and there's a lot of stuff happening in it, so I have to give it my focus. There is weeks where... My business is less and my family needs me and that is where my focus um, is. And there is weeks where I need full focus and, um, you know, I give that to myself. So I feel like to get the balance, I don't do it all at once and I definitely used to uh, in a big way Um, and I thought that I'd have to do all the things all at once to have balance. But for me, the balance is... Uh, moving the focus around um, and not and do uh, trying to do one thing well. Um, so I feel like that's where I'm at at the moment, anyway, um, with a young family and a Agreed. growing business. Agreed, and I couldn't actually reiterate that more enough for the beautiful listener that. You know, we can have our cake and eat it too. It's just that sometimes we have to share the cake around or we have to actually give ourselves a rest from all of it. Uh, One thing that um, I really wanted to ask you here and now is that when you say around balance and obviously honouring yourself through moving through each of those seasons or phases even, and sometimes we can have all seasons in one day as well. Let's let's remember that. Before 8am. Yeah, exactly. Um, But one thing to me, hearing the way you're speaking and honouring that the juggle is real and actually taking the pressure off ourselves, these are all acts of self-love and leaning into this and honouring that. What is your definition of self-love? I think number one is, and again, it's taken me a long time to get to this, but to to be kind to yourself and, again, take that pressure off. And that takes a lot to actually step back and do that. Um, So, like, internally speaking um, to myself, like I'd speak to others that I respect. Um, You know, for instance, if if I was to come off... uh, know eat badly one day I wouldn't if it was a friend I wouldn't say to them oh you're really stupid you know you shouldn't have done that you know that you're gonna you know 
you know, you know, that's not going to serve you well, blah, blah, blah. You know, I wouldn't say that to a friend. So what I would say to a friend is, you know, wipe the slate clean. Tomorrow's a new day. Um, you know, you normally nourish yourself. So let's just get back on track, you know, and speak to yourself kindly. I think that's, for me, the number one for self-care. But I think the most important thing after that would be putting yourself first. And that's, again, another really super hard thing to say out loud and and do. Um, you know, it's not easy. Um, and doing this, um, putting yourself first without guilt and without shame, um, because I feel like we have been conditioned, particularly as women, um, that putting yourself first is selfish. Um, I'll never forget my mum, who's a mum of five of us. She said to me when I had my son, my first baby, um, you know, and I was trying to do all the things, um, particularly even for my daughter. I, you know, was still running my business and I had the two kids and she was a newborn. And she said, Em, you need to, you know, put your oxygen mask on first and then you can help your kids and your family. Um, I mean, looking at her, she, I feel like she did all the things for everyone else. And she says to me, self-care wasn't, um, it, it wasn't known in her, in her generation. But I feel like putting yourself first um, and putting the interest in yourself will allow you to show up um, better for your partner, for your kids, for your family, for your job, your business, your clients. So if you put yourself first, you, they'll get a bit better version of you um, and then everyone's happier, <laughs> I feel. So for me that's self, that's self-love, um, yeah. That's so beautiful. I, I've always taught self-love is not selfish, it's essential. Mm. And I've always felt that if the woman of the house is happy and healthy, life runs smoothly for everyone else, that it's really important to put that care into oneself. And we know the better we are, the better mum we are, the better wife we are, the better partner we are, the better friend, the better daughter, the better son, whatever, uh, uh, sorry, sister. And I think what's so important in the, from our mother's generation where everything almost was martyrdom or sacrifice, mm-hmm. now we, are, we have permission to do these things and we don't have to follow that same generational patterning but at the same time have reverence and respect for that and don't take it for granted Mm -hmm. and in many ways our children learn that then our partners learn it and they too are honoring themselves this is what's so beautiful about the work that you do the events that you create you're like a professional reminder to us all that these things are really, really important in order for us to be the best version of ourselves. If there was a beautiful final message to the self-love podcast listener, and maybe you could incorporate your favorite quote, because I think what you're teaching us and reminding us of is actually so imperative. I don't want to wash over it. And I'd love you to take some time to really reiterate what you think is the most important things around self-care, self-love, self-preservation, and doing the work on oneself in order to show up as our best self and maybe include your favourite quote. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think just coming back to that, you know, that being kind, putting yourself first and then from that, putting yourself first is finding what nourishes you. So 
And that's going to be different for everyone. And it's also going to be different through the different seasons, which we've spoken about quite a bit. Um, like, for instance, it was very physical when I was in my 20s and so forth. But, you know, for me, that nourishment comes from daily movement um, and then taking the pressure off yourself as well. That, that doesn't mean a 10K, 20K run or 5K run even. You know, that could be sitting uh, outside with a cup of tea in the morning. Um, for me, yeah, that's that movement, that nutrition through good food and prioritising that um, and, you know, living mindfully and, and keep on drawing myself back to um, being mindful even in monotonous um, daily, daily tasks. Um, and then connection, which we've spoken about so much as well, like making, for me, connection is so important for others. Say my husband, for instance, I mean, connection is important to him, but it's not high up there. He's quite happy with his tinkering on his own projects and so forth. Um, so it, that that just looks completely different for everyone. And it's like a yoga practice. It's um, make it your journey. Make it for you. Don't um, do a self, uh, self-care or self-love ritual in the morning that doesn't speak to you because it's what your partner does or your, your best friend. Do something that speaks and nourishes and fills your cup. I think that's really, really important. Um, yeah, I think just I think that sort of covers everything. And then my favourite quote, um, it always has been, uh, I actually shared it in a, a yoga class I taught this morning and it's a quote by Buddha and I feel like it comes back to, um, well, I'll tell you at first. Um, so it's what you think you become what you feel you attract what you imagine you create and for me that is really saying that it's within you um you know to create that life that you want um and that comes you know with self-care and self-love is it is within you and you're the only one really that can make that happen um you know, I feel like the people are seeking outside of themselves a lot more um, these days for for self for self love, but it's within you. So I feel like, um, yeah, if you can come back to yourself, which isn't always easy, then that's where that's where everything lies. That's where the magic lies. Couldn't agree more. But, you know, it's quite an incredible thing, this, that we've woven it all the way around through our seasons, through connection, through daily practices, self-care and self-love, all of these things. As much as we can talk over them or talk around them, it is actually one of the most critical, important things to live and experience and embody in order to teach our children and the next and future generations how important this is. And I just want to publicly thank you and acknowledge you for the reminders, for the constant showing up and doing work that brings us back into the mindful present moment. Because ultimately, we can get onto the treadmill of life, Em, and we forget. And I, I know this for myself. We can get so hooked into what I've got to do and how I've got to do it and how much I've got to do instead of realizing that topping of one's tank, mm-hmm. that bringing back to oneself actually makes me way better in the long term. 
it's funny that we don't practice it enough, right? It's funny that we don't actually realize its importance. Would you say then things like your soulful lunch that's coming up, is that one of the main intentions for you is that people do become fully present and remind themselves of the importance of self-care, self-love and mindfulness? Yeah, definitely. I think the first step is, you know, seeing an opportunity like that and an experience um, in the community with like-minded people and actually saying, giving yourself permission to go, to carve out the time in your schedule to go to do something for yourself. And that was one of my main intentions because I know for myself I will see amazing events and wellness experiences and You know, sometimes I think, oh, no, I don't have time for that. I've got work that day. Um, Family needs me. But actually when you stop and think that will serve me, um, that will serve me really well to carve out that three hours of my my week um, to, yeah, connect and be inspired and just to take some time out. Um, So definitely that's, that's the intention. Uh, well, I just want everyone to go on to evokeexperiences.com.au. If you happen to be on the Sunshine Coast on the 3rd of November, I cannot begin to tell you how special this is with a real intent to connect, inspire and nourish you. You wait till you see the restaurant that it's at and you wait till you experience the amazing Cat Harding, the beautiful Emily Mills. And I sincerely hope I can bring to it an element of reminding also the importance of self-love and self-care. I just cannot thank you enough, you beautiful soul. I'm proud to be able to put a gift into those bags. I'm honoured to know you and I just feel so privileged that our beautiful Lauren brought us together and uh, long may live her legacy and long may we continue our connection and fellow inspiration and mutual admiration of one another. And I just want to acknowledge you and thank you, beautiful Emily, not only for being on the show, but for everything you do and in all the ways that you show up. Thank you, you beautiful soul. Oh, thank you so much. It was so nice to be here and yeah, to, to spend time with you and have a chat and have a chat to your listeners as well. Thank you so much. You're a beautiful soul and I cannot wait for the 3rd of November. No, neither can I. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.